You're listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen, co-founders of Safe Money Radio Marketing and regular contributors to ThinkAdvisor and other industry publications. Bill is a 100 plus million dollar annuity producer, co-founder of annuity.com and an internet branding and reputation expert. Anthony has helped agents and advisors across the country achieve annuity production premiums in excess of $20 million per year and is president of Annuity Agents Alliance and Annuity Innovation Systems. Each week, Bill and Anthony update you on the annuity business with marketing, sales process, and case design strategies based on actual practice, not theory. Notes for this week's podcast can be found at annuityagentsalliance.com. This podcast is for licensed financial professional use only. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Thursday's Open Mic Session, the Annuity Agents Podcast. So, uh, if you need notes for today's session, shoot an email to david at annuity.com. That's david at annuity.com, and I'll email right out to you. So, with that, Bill Broach, all yours. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, Dave. And, uh, uh, welcome everybody. We're making a little change in our format. It has nothing to do with uh, how we, our attitudes towards delivering information and sharing with everybody. Uh, open mic and our podcast will be hosted now from with by Anthony and and David and myself. And uh, we are we'll try and go back to some older things we used to do, which is a few more guests on on the calls and things along the, those lines and uh, if you have the notes today there's actually two sets of notes uh, out there and we're learning how to combine this into it but instead of starting out with the editorial I'll jump into it in a minute uh, Anthony uh, tell us about this Mexico trip and about uh, the event coming up in Orlando I guess he's not on the call yet. I'll uh, let me start in. No, I'm catch up. I'm, oh, you're I'm here. I forgot to. I forgot to hit star seven. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you, you you take a break and you forget how to put your head on. <laughs> yeah. But um. Anyway. Yeah. So you know this COVID thing keeps us hopping, and um, we had an Alaska trip we were supposed to do year based on 2020 qualification. And we are still going to do that Alaska trip, but we bumped uh, that to 2022. So anybody that qualified for the Alaska trip uh, based on 2020 production, we're going to do that in 2022. Um, and, you know, we just felt it would be better for everyone to get the full experience of Alaska without, you know, the restrictions and, you know, potential problems we might have with doing that. So what we decided to do for this year is to do a a much tighter qualification period, uh, January 1st through September 30th. We just got back from our Mexico trip uh, based on 2019 qualification in December, which was originally going to be in May. And uh, man, the weather was amazing. (laughs) I mean, it it was so nice. So we decided to go back to Mexico again in December. So for January 1st to September 30th, you only need $2 million in FIA production to qualify for Tier 1 of this trip and $4 million for Tier 2 
and there'll be differences in, in lodging or accommodations or something like that. And um, we don't have the exact dates of the travel set up or the uh, uh, exact accommodations. We're ironing those things down. Uh, but we are going to do this in December uh, based on a nine-month qualification. So really easy, attainable, and like I said, the weather is great. The beaches are great. We're doing Riviera Maya. It's all-inclusive. Um, you're going to love it if you go. Trust me. It's perfect hammock weather that time of year. Um, and then uh, we're doing a radio conference, and this is for uh, prospective partners that are not currently on the radio. Uh, so if you are not on the radio with us and uh, you're someone that would qualify to be on the radio, uh, we'd love to talk to you and see how radio might work uh, for you. And we're going to be meeting in Orlando, Florida to uh, go over that, have a little conference, uh, social distancing, compliant, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it'll be a fly-in conference for anybody that needs to fly into Orlando. We're going to do that in February on the 18th and the 19th. So contact your marketer if you're interested in that. Perfect. If you happen to uh, be on the notes, you can see we've kind of divided our uh, open mic into sections having to do with uh, things that we found of interest and we think would be of interest to you. And so not all of these sections are always going to be talked about at, at all the times, but uh, certainly this week is the first uh, first week of the year. I wanted to talk a little about what a, what a year it's been, right, with COVID and politics and interest rates and so on and so forth. And we're seeing yields uh, are getting awfully low and, and, and companies have pulled product for a while on this. And uh, I think the 1% zero in, uh, guarantee interest that uh, most states support now will, in fact, go to zero. And I see nothing wrong with that. We're, we're protecting our prospects from uh, from exposure to market loss and uh, tying the crediting to uh, to an outside agency. So if it does, I think it's uh, I don't see any big panic in it. I think think it'll work. Uh, all the carriers are, ha are having trouble with volatility, especially because of where they invest the money, which is uh, <clears throat> more mostly in the uh, bond markets, and they're uh, they're just full of. Uh, uh, volatility right now, and, and especially with the Federal Reserve going basically to zero, funds near zero, it is really uh, tightening things up. Matter of fact, 33, I got this from Cheryl Moore, 33 companies have reduced their rates 113 times since March 1st. So they're they're fighting to stay in business and, and so on and so forth. But when you think of uh, other options, look at the massive increase in the category of junk bonds. And, of course, we used to call those corporate high yield. Now they then they were re, renamed. They were junk, renamed to corporate high yield. Now they're back to junk status. So you buy those bonds right now, of course, I think it would be the worst time in the planet to ever buy own bonds right now with interest rates so low. Uh, look at other options. Money market, they're under half a point, and most uh, most companies have stopped charging fees on money market accounts strictly because it would eat up all the yield. Then out of nowhere comes a 169-year-old company, Mass Mutual, a mutual life insurance company in business for its policyholders, announces it was investing $100 million in Bitcoin, which it did. 
if you can imagine. And so that gives enormous credibility to, to Bitcoin. I actually am going to talk about Bitcoin next week. And uh, um, one little thing I'll tell you that in, if you'd invested $1,000 in Bitcoin in 2010, you'd have $285 million today. So it is a crazy thing. Uh, my sons both have invested in it. And I, they've tried many, many times to explain it to me. But I do have some pretty good information in it and so on and so forth. The market is expected to be to remain strong this year, mostly because of the trillion dollars that uh, our Congress is dumping into it. A, a new report out today from MarketWatch estimates the S&P 500 will grow 14 points in 2021. That report was authored by Goldman Sachs. So uh, who knows what it's going to be on the bad side of that is the national debt is just absolutely out of control and our balance of trade is completely out of control. Another interesting topic that goes with it that I'm focusing on is now we just crossed over the 70% membership of the baby boomers into the Social Security system. And what do we all want as baby boomers? We want our life, <coughs> our quality of our life to continue and that we've understood one important thing from that, and that it's better to have income than it is to have money. And so income is really king. And, and if you look at things, whether they're they're bleak or whether they are uh, bad or good or however it has been, think about what's available because of the federal rate drop in bank CD rates are very low. If you go to bankrate.com, I put the link in the notes today, a five-year CD is mostly under 1%. Uh, there's a few offerings over, but think of what uh, MIGAs are. I mean, aren't they 2 or 3% higher right now? I, I haven't really looked, at, looked today, but uh, they're in the 3% range, so that's an opportunity. But think about what's, what I just said about income is king. What do we have? We have guaranteed products with with uh, income riders on it. And the demand is going to be absolutely outrageous, and it'll really uh, – things I think will get back to normal when they address this 1% guarantee thing. That being said, uh, <clears throat> Anthony sent an email out, uh, a notice out on Guggenheim and the returns it's had uh, based on a year-to-year -year and uh, with a 10-year return of over 6%. So, Anthony, I've got your chart up there. You want to jump Yeah, it's actually, th this is a backcasted, so, you know, we're using some software mm -hmm. to look at the illustrated rates. And um, if you look at a one-year you know, if we're looking at B plus plus or better, uh, we're looking at a one-year participation rate strategy, which is really, for the most part, there might be some slight exceptions there, but for the most part, par strategies are going to be the best way to go. Um, then uh, Guggenheim is showing up on top for either the TriVista or, or the Vistar with a rotator strategy. In close second is their Mark V strategy, which is S&P Mark V strategy, which is uh, very popular and not exclusive to Guggenheim. You see that strategy show up sure. on some other carriers as well. Um, but, you know, the key thing when you're looking at this, I, I could, you know, if I had dropped this down to B uh, rated carriers, we could have shown you some, you know, returns that are just ridiculous. Um, projected returns and truly ridiculous. Um, there's no way that a client's going to get 8% over 10 years uh, with the way our products are hedged and designed. 
Um, but when you're looking at the product, we also look at customer service, which Guggenheim is excellent. We look at renewal rates, which in my unscientific evaluation, Guggenheim has the best renewal rates of any carrier I've ever worked with uh, for the time we've been working with them. Um, so will the rate that you offer be the rate that you get? Well, the answer to that is no, always no. It's either going to be higher or lower, most likely lower. But how close is it going to be? I mean, is it going to just completely deteriorate, or are we going to have uh, some rates five or six years from now on renewals that are uh, similar to what was uh, promised, or not promised, but projected? So um, Guggenheim is, is showing up in the top there. And, and good commissions, too. Wow. Wow. Had eight percent commission. Yes, I mean after your three hundred thousand in business, your commission goes from seven percent to eight percent for the rest of the year for all FIA business. Doesn't matter what product it is, the Trivis, the Vistar, Highlander, um, and that's in all states, even light states. So crazy. Now Trivis is actually a limited distribution product, so uh, all the big box FMOs don't have access to it. So. If that's something you're interested, let us know. Moving on a little bit, uh, under sales, uh, a question asked about the gifting in December when we were on hiatus, and I put this chart up. It's easier for me just to explain it to you. So think about gifting like this. You can give anyone you want. It can be neighbors, family, strangers, anything you want, $15,000 a year per person. You don't have to pay. No one has to pay taxes on it. It's a, it's a free transfer. So I could give all of you 15000 or you could all give me 15000 and all we do is just file a gift tax return. There's nothing to it, which means in situations where people are, are in excess, have excess money, <clears throat> it allows them to use this gifting return. So if you have a, 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 a Son and he has a wife and they have four kids. That's five times fifteen thousand. That's that's how it works. No no limit to it. Also, for those who don't know, the estate tax li- uh, liability issues is still eleven point seven million. So a <clears throat> married couple using what's called a credit shelter trust, which is a testamentary trust, which means it doesn't come into existence until death. Can working together, but those can shelter almost $24 million in tree transfer, asset transfers. So if you happen to run in some with a bigger state, all you do is you use the credit shelter trust uh, to, high, uh, to, high, to transfer what you can, and you fund uh, the rest with life insurance, and you use your gifting for it. So pretty simple, easy way to do it. Anybody that pays the state taxes right now, uh, probably isn't using all the options available to him right now. So, uh, by the way, on the the first person to die, it's either use it or lose it. So, in a will, anybody who prepares a will would almost always have the credit shelter trust option in it for future future use. I got a call from an agent. Actually, I probably had more than one call over this last year. I had several calls about insurance companies and marketing companies, marketing What's, what's called a general remainder trust, and how do you go about deduct, deducting this, and how can you do it? So think of it this way: on a credit, uh, on a charitable remainder trust, you 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 use money and you use a charity. It's simple. So some of those floating around out there can be charities you've never heard of. You know, would you trust Bill's charity or would you trust Stanford University? And of course, you have to be very careful on this. That wasn't. 
too many years ago. I, David might even remember about 10 years ago, there was a huge fraud per, perpetuated over these child remainder trusts. So anyway, a quick, I, I, I got went on Stanford and I got their information about, now I've done these. I've done them through the University of Washington. I've done three of them through the dental school at the University of Washington. They're not hard to do. Uh, they're simple to do. The sale for us in it is uh, if, they, if the charity agrees is to fund that obligation out into the future with a, with a SPIA. So there's all sorts of notes how it works. The person who uh, contributes the asset could be a low basis, high value asset. They transfer to the charity and return the charity provides them an income and they get a tax deduction when they when they uh, donate it to the charity. And by the way, it's not a full tax deduction. It's based upon what the monthly current rate is uh, on uh, on published by the federal government. I think I put the link in there. And uh, that varies in this particular month. This month, it's uh, point it's six percent. It's it's 0.6. So a three hundred thousand dollar deduction or contribution, you can only write off $160,000 of it. And there's a rule, too, you can combine two previous months and average amount for you if you wish. The amount that you're paid back has a simple rule. It's between 2% and common sense. In other words, if interest rates are low and you're, you want paid back at a higher rate, like 15% or 10%, that's going to get flagged. The IRS is going to ask what's going on on that. So the idea is you give the money to the charity, you take income back, you get a tax deduction when you, when you donate it. As the income comes back for a 20-year period, they have to be 20 years. Now, if there are exceptions to that, I'm unaware of it. Uh, they pay you that, in, that income is paid back, and it's paid back as ordinary income. So you spread the tax liability over a period of time, take advantage of the tax, de tax deduction right now. So uh, that's uh, the... Reader's Digest version on how these work. There are lots of them. They work all the time. It is the number, let's see, I think it's the number one income producing asset of the Salvation Army, our Cheddar Remainder Trust. So they're legal. They've been around for a long time. They work. Uh, just to make sure you do business with a, uh, because really the people are trusting the charity to pay them. And so, unless you demand to have an annuity, a pre-funded annuity, and you just have to trust the charity on it. Uh, not a good product, not a good concept to try and market. It's a great little asset to put in your hip pocket and explain options to it. If you go out and market it as a product, it's, 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 it's tough, tough to do. So, uh, back to Anthony, he's going to talk a little bit about the virtual case thing and, and all that sort of stuff that's on the notes right now. I don't know if it's my order or your order, Anthony, but it's the email you published about uh, uh, virtual and selling face-to-face -face and so on and so forth. You, yeah, you it's under sales process. Yeah, so, okay. you know, I, I mean, the jury's really no longer out on virtual selling. I mean, we have some producers that uh, produce in the – 30 and 40 million dollar range and did so last year even in the midst of COVID. And um, it's really clear that, you know, lower case size, lower closure rate and more appointments to close, probably 99.9% .9 of the people listening to this podcast right now are shaking their head yes. Um, there's always an exception, right? But, you know, we don't we don't really uh, lead through exceptions. We lead by the rule. 
um, unless the exception can be duplicated. And there's a lot of people out there still to this day they're trying to promote the duplication of the exception, and I just don't see it. Um, so what we're telling our partners is that, you know, you got to do what you got to do, obviously. I mean, if you have a client that's unwilling to meet, uh, not comfortable um, to meet, then you have to do what you got to do, and that means you might have to bird dog that client uh, through virtual processes, through emails, through text, through whatever you got to do um, until uh, they get comfortable. But we're telling our guys, assuming that they're willing to do this, right? I mean, we want everybody to be safe. So if you're in a high-risk group as as the agent, then you got to think about yourself too. We all make these decisions on risk first reward. You know, every time we step out of our house, we're taking a risk, right? Or maybe mm -hmm. we're even at risk in our house, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sure. You know, if you can meet with someone, what we're seeing clearly is that um, production's higher. It, you know, and we probably knew this going into this COVID thing. Um, I was talking about it real early that, you know, virtual's not going to replace in-person appointments. I still believe that today. I don't think within the next decade that our client base is going to get comfortable with virtual appointments to the point that is, we're going to be able to maintain our case size and closure rate and, and decrease the number of appointments. So uh, getting in front of people is so important. But if you're going to do that, you have to be compelling. You can't just try and get in front of someone. You have to have a process, define your process, memorize your process, have confidence in your process, and clearly explain your process to get in front of someone in a way that makes them comfortable. They have to see that you're confident that you're creating a situation that reduces the risk for them and increases the importance of getting in, in front of them. You know, I always say that there's only two reasons why people make major decisions in their life, and to get in front of someone these days is potentially a very major decision for someone, and that is going to be either based on excitement or fear. They're going to be afraid of the consequences of not doing something, or they're going to be excited about the opportunity to solve a problem. So the the extent to which you... Uh, make people confident that you have a process that will uh, protect them to the greatest extent necessary and that there is a compelling reason to get in front of someone, you know, that there's a reason for them to, to meet you, uh, a benefit that overrides the risk uh, is the extent to which you're going to get in front of people. And um, I will just want to be really clear. This isn't a coercive process. It's a process that is based on risk-reward, right? There's more risk to life than just health. There's a risk of losing half your money in a highly inflated market. You know, it, it all, all it takes is one bomb, one terrorist act, one this, one that, and then everything that we thought was true today is different yesterday. And all of our retired people who are in equities today are uh, running that potential risk. Right, so if we believe in what we do, we also believe that there's a risk reward. So, 
Exactly. Uh, do you want me to talk about the other thing too? The yeah, Stephen yeah. Jump Holmes. on that real quick. Real, that yeah, the the notes aren't aren't real clear on this about, but basically, with some states, uh, I think it's Iowa. Was it Arizona? Iowa, Arizona. There's a couple states out there that have adopted the NIAC best interest guidelines, um, and you'll see some other states roll out. But basically, there's going to be an additional disclosure on uh, on your uh, applications, because we need more paperwork, of course. But there's going to be additional disclosure on your applications that's going to require you to disclose your commission. Uh, and we only have two states that have that are currently adopted. We have a third state that's going to go effective at the end of this month. And there's going to be a section on there potentially to disclose your uh, compensation. And then also there's going to be a section to disclose your uplines compensation. Now, as far as Guggenheim goes, I haven't confirmed this with all carriers, but as far as Guggenheim goes, your upline compensation or what they call the agency compensation is not your FMO. Uh, it would be a captive agency situation. So let's say that, you know, your street level commission is 7%. You're under an agency getting paid 6%. And uh, your agency that you work for is getting the spread between the 6 and the 7 um, because they're paying for your marketing or whatever. Uh, you would have to disclose the commission of the captive agency that you're working under, um, but it's not the FMO. So just in case you run into that, I wanted you to know, you might need to confirm with each carrier what exactly they want you to do, but uh, at least as far as Guggenheim, which is an early adopter of this, uh, that's where, and I, I spoke directly with their legal department, so that's the information that bad. All right. Uh, moving on, we're obviously going to run a little long. On the Internet reputation, I have, I've had this on at the end of last year, but I wanted to mention to you as you look on down there, our go-to-stage program, which is uh, an interview, the interview that's done uh, by uh, by our interviewer and compiled in it from a 20-minute interview into about a two-minute uh, explanation where you explain your business is now available on our private YouTube channel. The, the the link to the private YouTube channel, which you may have, uh, doesn't have any sign-up on it, and immediate, you can use it on your credentials. And it's terrific. And uh show you an example of it. Uh, Steve Debois will uh, let me use his, and you can click on his Go to Stage, and you can look at his credentials on it, and you can see for yourself. And guess what? It is free. So we uh, have about 70 agents that have used this system so far. If you're interested in it, uh, email Amy and uh, or call email me or Amy or somebody, and we'll get you involved on it. Uh, one, let's see. Oh, we went over the radio stuff. If you go down under David's picture, uh, there is. Uh, let me think here. It's, there's. I thought we had the. Oh no, I think it's the next one on it. Uh, there's uh, some life insurance things, nationwide high market highlights. By the way, that's really a good uh, a, a, a good little report. I read it. Uh, I read it every month, and there's a that link is live right there. Uh, if you want to know what they think about the economy and where they think th things are going, it's perfect. If you uh, down underneath uh, Cheryl Moore stuff, it's 
uh, Arkansas and Michigan, according to this link. You can click through it. Have are also adapting the annuity suitability rules. And hey, you know what? They're all going to adapt it. So who cares? Let's just we'll just adapt our business to adapt to their rules, and things go on and on and on and on like that. So anyway, I guess we're finished. Uh, our new plan is every week is to have more interaction between David and Anthony and myself. And, uh, and to have, uh, have other, other guests more involved so we can broaden out the scope on, uh, on open mic and make it, uh, make it as good as we possibly can. That being said, hey, it's 2021. 2020 is behind us to never come back again, I hope. I was lucky enough last night a next door neighbor called me and said, hey, down at the, uh, at the local community college, there are, there is excess uh, COVID shots and at 5.30 last night I jumped in the truck and ran down there and was able to get it. So it is coming out and it is available. So the first, the first, uh, I have the Moderna and the second one will be whenever that is. And so if you are of the, uh, of the, the, the attitude that you want this shot and I, I hope you are, uh, it's starting to become available. Uh, ask around. Your your local county department of health is where this information came from, and so I was able to get it last night. That being said, uh, David, anything to add? Nope, good to go. Yeah, good to go. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen. Check back each week for a new episode. For more information on how Annuity Agents Alliance will help you build your annuity business, go to annuityagentsalliance.com or call 888-742-4368. If you like the show, please leave your rating and review on the podcast channel where you found the show. The information and opinions expressed here from third parties or guests are believed to be reliable, but the information cannot be verified or guaranteed by Annuity Agents Alliance. The opinions of guests do not necessarily represent the opinions of Annuity Agents Alliance or its partners. The prior information does not represent tax, legal, or investment advice and is for licensed financial professional use only.